Hey everybody, you're listening to Dead Ideas, the podcast of extinct thoughts and practices. It's nearing the end of October, and today we have a very special Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. We've got an article by an author describing his experiences of Halloween traditions in 1887. What was Halloween like back then? I don't know. <laughs> we're going to find out. That's what we're talking about today on Dead Ideas. This special Halloween episode is extra special because we have a new pair of co-hosts with us today. We have two of my good friends, Pete. Hi, I'm Pete. <laughs> that is Pete, and Pete has a chicken hat on. <laughs> <laughs> I promised my buddy Cody I'd wear a costume for the Halloween episode, so yes. I'm wearing a chicken hat. Yes, it's, it's very... I don't know how long I'll have it on, but... <laughs> it looks like it'll get hot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Pete and Megan. Hi. Megan is a sculptor artist. I just went to see one of her installations at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts. Actually, it's at MCAD, isn't it? The school yeah. next door. Yeah. It was very cool. Yep. It's a giant panther. So Made out of... Bike tires. Yeah. Maybe we can post some pictures on the yeah. Facebook or something. Yeah. That'd, That'd be, be cool. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, Megan's an artist. Pete is pretty handy sketch artist-wise himself. You guys also do some cosplay, don't you? Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. So do you got any Halloween costume plans coming up? Um, we're trying to figure out some good pun-related pun, costumes. Pun-related costumes. What's a pun-related costume for Halloween? So, one of them when we were contemplating, I've got a banana costume and a Batman costume. So it'd be <laughs> banana, nana, Batman. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> or good. we could go as, like, the Punisher. Uh-huh. Pun. Oh. That, or, that's, that's a very academic pun. Right? <laughs> <laughs> If you have any good puns, let us know. I don't know. Uh, listeners, write us in. Yeah. <laughs> write in your pun costumes for Pete and Megan. Uh, Rachel and I went as resume and cover letter one year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to uh, Stranger Things oh, themed nice. thing, like the series Stranger Things. Nice. That's don't a good know what our costumes are going to be yet, but it's probably just some 80s weirdness. Nice. You can purchase a waffle costume. A waffle <laughs> at at Target. They have a waffle costume. So if you wanted to go as, is it what, what's her El- name again? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. And the, her waffle. Yeah. You could. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be another couple costume. <laughs> oh, so one person is eleven. The other person is the waffle she yeah. loves to eat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. It's well, okay. let's let's start the show. Okay. All right. So. Um, uh, this is uh, basically a special episode of the Public Domain Theater 3000. I normally record these alone because it's hard to get everybody's schedules to align, and I can bang out one by myself in like a, an afternoon. But today is something special, so thanks for being on the show. Yeah. We don't know how much of this article that we're going to get through. We're going to see how much we can get through in an hour, and whatever we get through, we get through, and we're going to have some fun. So, all right, well, let's get to 1867? it. 1867? It, let's say it's 1886. 1886. 1886. Is that what I said before? I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, it's 1886. 
<laughs> okay, and this is, uh, it is from Harper's Monthly. It's by a guy named William Sharp, and it's entitled Halloween, a Threefold Chronicle. Threefold Chronicle. Yes, and he describes his own personal experiences of Halloween traditions in three different places. First, he talks about in Ireland, then he talks about in Scotland, and the third one is at sea. And at sea, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means because part of the concept of the public domain theater three thousands is I don't even I don't read these in depth. So we're all, including you, the listener, we're all kind of encountering it for the first time at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> let's we'll see if we even get to the at sea one. Yeah. But all right, let's try. All right, here we go. Old superstitions die hard, and it will certainly be long before the festival of Halloween becomes as much a thing of the past as has practically become the Guy Fawkes celebration on the 5th of November. You guys know Guy Fawkes? No. It's a British festival celebrating, I don't know if celebrating is the right word, but Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the parliament at one point. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about that. It's about that day. On November 5th? Yeah. What oh, is that the one that's in V for Vendetta? The, remember, yeah, I think so. The 5th yeah. of November. Exactly. Oh, it's nice. that. Yes. Guy Fawkes Day is what he's referring to. Uh, okay, he continues. Long before the Christian faith made way among the untutored peoples of ancient Britain, the Druids had performed special rites on what is now known as Hallowmas Eve. Fires were lit deep in remote forests upon outlying spurs of hills even upon the great plains that stretched between dense forests and partially cleared woodlands, mystic rites were performed, the help of the true god was implored, the machinations of evil powers were protested against. I think he's talking about Samhain. Uh, that's which, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, but he's protesting against it. Well, I, no, I think the protests here are like the people performing the ceremony at the time we're doing it to like fight against evil. Oh, okay. I protect think. themselves. Yeah, protection. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. And I don't know quite what he means by the true God, but <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, the earliest records bear witness to a universal belief that on this night the powers of darkness muster in great force, that all supernatural beings hold revel within the sphere of humanity, and that therefore it behooved all persons to be careful on this night of all nights, for any sin committed rendered the perpetrator liable to be brought under the influence of some evil spirit throughout a whole year thereafter. (laughs) A whole year? A whole year after that one day. (laughs) So on Halloween, you're supposed to not commit any sins? That seems backwards. Yeah. <laughs> definitely no trick-or-treating. Then, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, know, I don't know. Well, definitely, yeah, not the tricks not anyway. The yeah. <laughs> Trickster would probably end up another year of who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, if you were already, possessed, already by demons. possessed for a year, yeah. still possessed, it would probably cause sins and you'd be stuck for another year. You I, know? It's a vicious circle of, of demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> One after the other. Yeah, okay. To this day, any child born in Scotland on the eve of the 31st of October is supposed to be in possession of certain mysterious faculties to hold, if not consciously, at least unconsciously in the midnight hours when the senses are obscured by sleep 
communion with the supernatural world and to be at all times a person whose actions, however eccentric, must be regarded charitably. Well, <laughs> I think they mean you have to forgive the person because they're because they're from this day. Or easy possessed, out. or I, <laughs> because you were born on Halloween. Because you're born on Halloween. I don't know. <laughs> My fault. I was born yeah. on Halloween. I was, I was born Halloween. on. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> teach. <laughs> born on Halloween. Didn't do my homework. I was born yeah. on Halloween. Blame it on the birthday. Yeah, you get you get your presents on Halloween Day too. Yeah. I wonder if that would suck because you just like you get candy and then they just say, "Well, that's your birthday present." Probably. It could be do that. <laughs> Or you get all kinds of things with just pumpkins on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pumpkin-themed birthday again? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> or your costume is your present. So oh, yeah. Oh, that would be the worst. You can only wear it once <laughs> So is that your birthday suit? <laughs> well, could you go trick or treating naked and uh-huh. call it your costume? I don't know. It was another time and place. Eighteen eighty six. Those who have read Sir Walter Scott's Monastery, I haven't. That's for sure. Uh, will remember that he has made use of this circumstance, and this is in quotes now. She's as flighty as a Halloween ween is a phrase that may even yet be occasionally heard north of the Tweed, and in most of the popular accounts of wizards and all uncanny folk, the date of their births is generally set down as on the last day of October. Hmm. I think I'll have to use that one now. Halloween ween. She's as flighty as a Halloween ween. She's as Halloween ween. When, later on, All Hallow Eve became a Christian observance, the old customs pertinent to its celebration did not pass into disuse. On the contrary, they became more and more deeply established every here and there, accumulating some new superstition or annexing some old belief that had long lingered without direct association with any special day, season, or locality. Bonfires are still lit on Hallamus Eve. I, I like that. Hallamus <laughs> Eve. Feels like there should be a Santa Claus version <laughs> right. for Halloween. Right. Though perhaps only one or two here and there among the members of the innumerable village communities who thus celebrate the great event know that the practice is a remnant of paganism. Indeed, it is surprising in the use of this as of many other popular customs to find out how few know anything whatsoever of the significance of their celebrations. In quotes again here, we do as our fathers did before us, end quote, is sufficient to account for everything. In I've Protest- always done it. <laughs> in Protestant countries, the Vigil of All Souls is no longer a religious observance, or at any rate, is not so in Scotland, England, or Germany. It may be said that Halloween, as we understand it, is only celebrated by the Teutonic and Celtic races. With the Latins, it is merely a religious vigil, round its observance clinging few, if any, of those wild legends or superstitions that are so plentiful in Scandinavia, Scotland, and Ireland. I wonder if that's still the case, or if the like I, Italy, Italians and Spanish are now into it. I, I bet. I, I bet they are. I bet now. they are. I bet they are now. I mean, yeah. Especially with it being so Popular. commercialized. Commercialized and everything. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, all the horror that's all horror movies that they would get and stuff. They, yeah. And it's interesting because it's everything has got their own stories. You know, yeah. Like uh, Frankenstein was popular at one point, and mm-hmm. like the werewolves are certain areas. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming they've got their own horror stories that they would be telling. Yeah, and I just remembered we have uh, some listeners over in that part of the world too. Michael Tamayo of Spain, if you're listening, <laughs> write us in. Let us know. Right. Is Halloween big in Spain? Yeah. We want to know. All right. So he continues. The nearest approach to the northern solemnity and even weirdness is the Venetian Notte delle Morti, or Night of All the Dead. But the religious ceremonies attendant thereon take place not on the 31st of October, but on the eve of All Souls Day, that is, the day following. It is in Scotland and Ireland that Halloween is kept in its entirety. In the former, curiously enough, more in the east, mid-country, and lowlands than in the remoter highland districts, in other words, more among the Scots proper than among the pure Celts. Hmm. Not pure quite Celts? sure what that means and how well, maybe. <laughs> the Scots and the other Celts would feel about it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the best chronicle of Hallamas Eve that exists as the well-known poem of Burns, containing as it does some record of the most generally practiced customs in connection with this really ancient vigil, but. Considering the popularity of the subject, there is a wonderfully limited Halloween literature. The succeeding threefold chronicle may possibly, then, contain something novel as well as of interest to many readers. It may be that the time is not far distant, when All Hallows' Eve will lose its hold upon rural as completely as it has upon urban populations, when bonfires will be lit only by a few youngsters, when apples will cease to be ducked for, and when nuts will no longer be set ablaze amid the red-hot coals. Nuts will no longer be set ablaze amid the red-hot coals. <laughs> red that might be one coals. that isn't done anymore. That one isn't, but... Depends on what you mean by that. I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. I, well, I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, But the writer, for one, believes that such a time is not yet at hand and disbelieves that Halloween will disappear altogether as a festival. Well, it hasn't yet. Not in 2016. Not in 2016. (laughs) It is not only that there would be a revolution in the child world if such sacrilegious disuse were to become the fashion, but that there are too many older children interested in the famous Eve to allow its celebration to drop altogether yet a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At sea, in Canada, the States, Australia, even in India, wherever a true Scottish or Irish family is located, there is sure to be at least one voice raised in favor of the genial old custom. Its superstitious observances must undoubtedly pass away have indeed, to a great extent, already become obsolete, but the good fellowship, the laughter, the nut roasting, the <laughs> apple ducking, <laughs> the candle singeing, hmm? huh. <laughs> ought, ought long to be specially associated with the 31st of October. Of some of these weirder observances, and of some strange stories connected with them, the writer will now give a short account, in great part a record of what he has himself witnessed. All right. Cool. Section one, Halloween in Ireland. 
Ireland. Ireland. Yep. One wild, blustering afternoon, the afternoon of the last day of October, I made my way as best I could across a stretch of hilly moorland, vainly hoping that I might meet with someone able to direct me to my destination. I was on a visit to an old college friend, the vicar of a place I shall call Derry, in the western county of Clare, and at his hospitable table had met with a Mr. Connolly, who, hearing that my friend had to go south to Limerick on the last day of the month on important business, pressed me so hard to join his family circle on Hallamus Eve that I could not with courtesy have refused his genial invitation, even had I wished to do so. I'm really uh, impressed by how long they fashioned their sentences in these <laughs> days. I'm running out of breath as I read this. <laughs> gotten to the festival yet. It, yeah. It's just it, describing it, it, where the festival is at. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I was only too glad to agree to his kind of proposals and listened attentively to his instructions as to the route I was to take. I was to go along the Derry Road till I came to the base of the high hill called Creacon Knock, which I was to skirt to the left and then to cross the moor as if making for the central height of the castle... Abile? Abile? I wish Andre was here. He could pronounce this for me. Or peaks of the castles. And when I came to the stream, I was to look for the ford, and having crossed this, to branch off abruptly to the left and walk onward for about a mile <laughs> till I should see the farmhouse nestling at the base of the strangely shaped, apparently insecurely poised hill locally known as Drunken Tim. <laughs> what? Drunken Tim. Drunken Okay. Man. So, uh, all right, I'm, a, I'm calling it, uh, all, all you listeners, flash mob this year at Drunken Tim on <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> you know how to get there now. Yeah, all the directions. <laughs> yeah. This just sounds like the start of a horror movie. Yeah, like, right? Through the forest. <laughs> To this little shack. Yeah. If you see the castle, take a left. <laughs> or go through the fork. Forge <laughs> the river. These were Mr. Connolly's directions. In the event of the 31st proving a fine day, and of my continuing in my determination to reach his farm on foot. Otherwise, I was to drive along the dairy road for some ten miles to the village of Clachmareac, and then thence northward by the castle road. The forenoon turned out to be bright and fine, to my great satisfaction, and I started in good hope not only of enjoying the walk, but also of reaching the farm of my new acquaintance early in the afternoon. But by the time I had skirted the Creacon Knock, a white autumnal mist had shrouded the Castel Abile from view, so I had only to make a guess as to the right direction. Of course there's mist. Like, mm -hmm. see? Yeah. Horror movie. Yeah, it's, it's starting. Plunging suddenly into the edge of a bog made me realize that I had diverged from the route I was told to keep. So you're just like, squeak, squeak. It's like, oh. <laughs> this is where the swamp monster gets <laughs> mm -hmm. The wind was rising with boisterous gusts, and I was beginning to wish that I had taken Mr. Connolly's advice. Wait a minute, how do you have both mist and wind? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this. I was beginning to wish that I had taken Mr. Connolly's advice and started by the more circuitous but safer way via Clackmarea, 
when I heard a loud hail far away to the right. Looking round, I perceived a man waving his arm to me, and as I approached him, I noticed... Don't go, don't go, don't go there! there. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't go don't. in there! <laughs> it's your first mistake! <laughs> yeah. And as I approached him, I noticed that he was a piper. A piper? Uh-huh. Mm. A fact of which he soon informed me himself, adding that he was on the way to Mr. Connolly's farm to provide the music for the dancing that was sure to follow the regular Halloween festivities. Oh, a piper. I, like a piper. Not a piper as in like, I'm going to go smoke in the smoking room oh. piper. <laughs> I was like... Well, I imagine, I imagine like a bagpiper, although that's a little more Scottish, and this is Ireland now, so... Well, there are Irish bagpipes. Bagpipes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was well he described me on the moor... Excellent verb, by the way. To descry. Yes. To spot. To spot me. Yeah. For if I had proceeded further in the direction I had been following, I would have probably found myself floundering in the huge and treacherous bog called in the neighborhood Red Mike's Rest. Whoa. (laughs) What happened to Red Mike? Well, he's resting there. Or that's the bog monster. I don't know. On the way, Larry O'Hara... For so I learned was the piper's name, gave me much curious information about the customs of Hallamus Eve in that part of Ireland, and as his account of how the great bog from which I had narrowly escaped got its name is germane to my subject, I will give it here. We're going to find out about Red Mike. I also feel like Larry O'Hara is going to be the one who bursts in at the end and saves everybody. Right? (laughs) Larry O'Hara. Like he scares away the monster with his piping or something. (laughs) (laughs) That or he's the first one eaten. That's also also possible. Poor Larry. (laughs) All right. So this is in quotes now. I assume this is um, Larry's words describing... The bog. Yeah. Okay. So he says... Red Mike, Your Honor, was the only son of Widow O'Flaherty. I don't know why he says Your Honor, like a judge or something. Yeah. Hmm. He was a queer one from his birth, and no wonder, for he first saw the light atween dusk and dark, uh, a Hallowmas Eve. Hallowmas Eve. Yes, a uh, Hallowmas Eve. It's, he's attempting to write it in an Irish accent, but out of sensitivity, I will not try to mimic it. But anyway. Don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> Also because my Irish accent is going to suck. <laughs> that's, that's the main reason. Yeah. Hereabouts, the people say that if a babby be born on this night, it rins a moity good chance o' being possessed by some sprite or other. It may or may not be true. I'm sure it's beyond the likes of me to say whether such things are possible or not. But I will say that Mike O'Flaherty was different to other men from the first. He wore always up to some game. He wore a niver for good. Leastways, I never heard o oh, any good he ever did. He lied and broke his troth to man and woman and got into bad odor. <laughs> got into bad odor with priest and magistrate. For nigh upon twelve years arter he came to manhood until the judgment of God came upon him. One Halloween. He was at the house of the Flanagans up by Glen Crayacan. Is that where they're going? Uh, Cray- something like Crayacan, but it wasn't Glen Crayacan. No, the Flanagan or Flaherty. No, it was no. Flaherty, I think. Flaherty or Flaherty. I don't. 
He was courting Mary Flanagan. Mmm. Though everyone on us knew she didn't care two straws for Red Mike. Oh. <laughs> but was all aglow with love for Larry O'Rourke, the limerick carrier. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I assume it's not carrying limericks, but he's probably from Limerick and he's a carrier. That's what I would assume. That's kind that of or how I would he was, it. Unless he's maybe the guy that goes around to town just singing singing kind of limericks <laughs> like yeah. a limerick bar yeah you know i hope that's the truth that's that would be the funner truth yeah <laughs> well and he'd be the more outgoing charismatic dude if yeah, you're right that's yeah what he did. And or, maybe, or maybe on those he's the one that ter- carried the rumors from town to town did you hear over there the O'Malley farm? Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells a dirty limerick about the O'Malley's. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there once was a man named O'Malley. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. It's the custom in these parts for the childer to run into the cabbage yard afore the evening fun begins and to pick out a number of cabbage stalks and name them arter any seven of the folk they have anything to do with. Then, having finished with this choosing, they dance round the place, shouting out, One, two, three, and up to seven. If all are white, I'll go to heaven. If one is black as Murtaugh's evil, he'll soon be screeching with a devil. <laughs> <laughs> no, Your Honor, responded O'Hara to my question. I don't know what's the meaning of Murtaugh's evil, nor, for that matter, which Murtaugh is meant. No one in our time, anyway, for I sang the same loins myself when I were a spalpeen. Spalpeen. <laughs> I don't know what a spalpeen is. Glad they answered that, because I was going to ask that. Nope. <laughs> well, as I were about to tell you, Flanagan's childer, having finished their song, ran into the house and asked all the folk to come out and see their souls. Old Flanagan pulled his cabbage stalk and miss <laughs> I hope that's not a euphemism. <laughs> and Mrs. Flanagan hers. Oh, it's not. <laughs> and young Tim Flanagan his and Mrs. Tim hers and Purdy Mar- Fl- Mary Flanagan hers and Larry O'Rourke his until it came to Michael Flaherty's turn. The stalks of all the others had been quite clean and white, but when Red Mike pulled up his, it was all black and foul with worms and slugs and with a real bad smell a hint it. Larry O'Rourke laughed, and Mary Flanagan giggled, and the others all looked moity concerned. Mike <laughs> I know that's how it's spelled. Moity concerned. <laughs> Mike glared about him for a moment, more like a mad bull or a thin Turk nor a Christian. Then he up and says, You may laugh, Larry O'Rourke, but you'll no be laughing long. I ye may snigger, Mary, but you'll be crying for many a day when your lover's below the sod as he will be before the year's out. As for you, old Flanagan, you and your son and all that belong to ye will have cause to curse the day when ye mocked Red Mike, as ye call me. Whoa. Wait, just for that? That's so, what he's going to... So have he like, already no. cursed someone. You're going <laughs> to die within a year. You laughed at me stuff? for... Was it, so no was wonder it... he had a black turnip or whatever it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so was this... Is he angry because they like were like grossed out by his stock? Or was it be- some before that? 
I don't. Kinda, it sounds kind of like they've been making fun of him for a maybe, while. Maybe, yeah. Maybe and this, this is, is just like one more. It's yeah. Like, this, this is his opportunity for this revenge. This is the turnip that broke the camel's back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the turnip that broke the limerick carrier's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Ye forget I was born on Hallow Eve. Oh, well, then we have to forgive him, right? Yeah, easy <laughs> out. Easy out. Uh, easy out. Sorry, yeah. man, I forgot. Played the Halloween card. Yeah. <laughs> I've the gift of the sight I have, and on this day my curse can blast whatever I choose. Ooh. Whoa. What more Red Mike would have said, I don't know. But at that moment, Father O'Connor came up to where all were standing, Curses come home to roost, says he to O'Flaherty, in a starn voice. And it's you that'll suffer, Mike O'Flaherty, and no one here. Get ye gone at once, or I'll put the word on ya. So All somebody right. else just walked up and yeah, heard that the, there was a curse, and he's like, The priest. Yep. The priest. Yeah, the priest is like, get out of here with your stupid curses. Yeah. <laughs> Fear God into him, sort of Yeah. I'll go when I choose, Father O'Connor, says Red Mike surlily. The next moment, the priest drew a crucifix from his breast, saying to O'Flaherty that even if he were in the league with the devil, he could not withstand that. Mike gave a howl, just like a wild beast, and then turned and ran down the glen as fast as he could. So it worked? (laughs) So apparently Apparently. it worked. (laughs) It worked. Old Thady King, the piper, now dead, God rest his soul, were crossing the moor that night, and who should he see but Red Mike dancing and shouting like mad and screaming in mortal fear? Mike, Mike, old Thady cried. But O'Flaherty paid no attention to him, but kept on screaming and sometimes shouted out, My time is up! My time is up! Suddenly he bent forward and ran like the wind, took one great leap and disappeared in the ground as if he had jumped into the sea. Nothing more were ever seen a red Mike, leastwise as a man. And that's why the great bog yonder is called Red Mike's Rest. Hmm. Huh. Cool. Yes, indeed. Well, eh? there's in. more to the story, though. There's more, oh, to there's the st- more to the story. Yeah, there's more to the story. As I say, he jumped into the ground. Maybe that's he caused the bog. Yeah. We might just get through just the Irish one. We'll see. Oh, well. Maybe next year we can pick up on the Scottish one. And keep go. it a good nice. tradition. All right. Anyway, O'Hara's narrative made me feel all the more thankful that I had not been left to blunder on as best I could, especially with a stormy night fast closing round. Even the fact that I was not born on All Hallows' Eve would have stood me in little stead if I had once floundered into the actual quagmire of Red Mike's Rest. I thought the piper's least wise as a man a finely suggestive way of hinting at something weirdly supernatural. But before I could draw anything further out of him, we came in sight of the three larches, as Mr. Connolly's farm was called. As we arrived at the low doorway of the large, old-fashioned house, there was quite a noisy chorus of hospitable greetings, mainly, of course, addressed to my evidently eagerly anticipated companion. Kedmila Falta, a hundred thousand welcomes, cried my host himself, and ere long I found myself at a table literally covered with good things. 
but none so pleasant to look upon as the fresh faces of a troop of children and some eight or ten young men and girls around its sides. The dinner was a great success, and if hunger is the best sauce, everyone present seemed amply supplied with that condiment. <laughs> after the dinner was over, and after each one had taken at least a sip of the fragrant punch that had been brought up in a great bowl, there was a general breakup. One ceremony that had always been held, Mr. Connolly was going to have omitted, but a smiling assurance from his wife caused him to change his mind. This was the live long ceremony. Hmm. Mm. Live long is the local prosper? name. I don't know. <laughs> the Vulcan. The Vulcan ceremony. Yeah. Live long is the local name of a certain green of certain green plants that are hung up in a loft or barn or disused room as early as midsummer. In huh. fact, they must be hung up on Midsummer Eve, and if on Halloween they are still green, all will be well throughout the year with the children who had hung them up. If one should be sickly or dead, uh, so will it be with the child. If one should be sickly or dead, so will it be with the child. If one of the little Connolly girls was a delicate child, and her father feared that if perchance any decay were visible in the livelong she had hung up, it would have a bad effect on her susceptible nature. So oh, I guess geez. it's like a, like a divination or it's kind of mm -hmm. like an omen. Yeah, kind of like yeah. the turnips from earlier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Live long ceremony. Can you imagine being a kid and just being terrified just like of yeah. that, please let my live long be green still? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder if at some point it's, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy because, yeah. oh, yours is yours is kind of wilting. You're going to die. <laughs> you just give you up. Just start, yeah. You just give up the ghost at that point. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of disheartening. Yeah. Or would you go the opposite? You'd be like, oh, my goodness, is it looking green? I better water it. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to keep real. this live. You water it. You, don't forget to water your live longs, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Connolly, however, had privately paid a visit to the tool shed where they had been hung, and seeing that all the plants were undecayed, huh. she thought the observance of the old custom would do the children more good than harm. What a shout of joy there was when all the livelongs were seen to be in good preservation, and this, the first ceremony of the evening, being so successful, was taken as a good augury for all to follow. Huh. Yeah, so... Hmm. When we entered the house again and passed into the great kitchen, wherein the shadows and the firelight gleams held revel in a fashion that would have delighted Rembrandt himself, Was we caught description <laughs> for you. <ya? laughs> yeah. We caught a glimpse of some half dozen dairy maids and farm servants sitting dumbly in one corner of the room and apparently engaged in molding something with their hands. Hmm. They're going through the dumb cake ceremony whispered Mrs. Connolly, which consists in their kneading with their left thumbs a piece of cake without uttering a single word. Hmm. So that's oh. the dumb part of it, I guess, like okay. no speech. No sure. speech. Yeah. If one of them intentionally or accidentally should breathe a single syllable, the charm would be broken, and not one of them would have her burning hopes of seeing her future husband in her dreams fulfilled. Oh, okay. So, all you young young ladies out there, <laughs> this go, is go need a cake. Go need a cake. <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wonder if texting counts. Can you text while you're kneading? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that would be the rules for modern day. Ref, know? we need a judgment call. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, it seems like it'd be more fun to eat the cake than, yeah. you know. Yeah. Is that a cake? Or they? Yeah, you it said, was it kneading dough? Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, c- cakes back then might have been less cake-like than we think of today. They might have been more bread-like. I, get, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Like when... Uh, 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 who the person, who the Mary Antoinette said, let them eat cake. It was probably more like peasants' bread, I mm. think. But she might not actually have said that, incidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, maybe more like peasants' bread. Mm. Okay. The sturdy damsels certainly seemed in dead earnest, clinching their lips so that not a sound should escape them. One stout dairy maid, actually panting in her excitement, or under the unwanted restraint. Meanwhile, the children had fairly started the game of Snap Apple. That's a lot of good customs here. Yeah. Uh, not Snapple, but Snap Apple. Neither the dipping for apples nor the degenerate fork dropping. Degenerate fork? <laughs> What's that got to do with snapping your apples? I I, I don't know. Neither the dipping for apples nor the degenerate fork dropping had any fascination for these young spalpines, Eau Claire, in comparison with this older and much more exciting form of the game. There's spalpines again. So I I gather it must mean like a a little whippersnapper. Yeah. 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 High up among the dusky rafters, wherefrom hung flitches of bacon, ox tongues, onions, and other articles of strange hue and shape, one of the boys had fastened a piece of strong cord suspended at the lower end of this. Within a few feet from the ground was a short skewer gripped about midway by the knot of the string, and at either end of the skewer was, respectively, a tempting ruddy apple and a lighted tallow candle. So it's, from what I'm gathering, it's kind of like the old pencil game in high school you'd throw the pencil up at the ceiling to stick it oh no, i think it's, some, it it's dangling it's da- yeah oh, is it and dangling my, my yeah. guess is snap apple so do you have to try and bite the apple and not the candle but what's the <laughs> fork then i don't know what, what are, the fork part is because i don't maybe sense. it'll become clear i yeah. don't know i don't know Bird, you get a, a, <laughs> you get a full of a candle, candle in the eye for you on oh. Halloween. Yeah, that. <laughs> maybe Jimmy, that's... how'd you burn your? What happened to your eye? Oh, uh, snap apple. I was just playing, just playing spalpeen games, you know. Spalpeen, <laughs> <laughs> snap apple. Yes, yeah. snap apple. As soon as the cord was set in motion, the game began. Little Harry Connolly was the first to essay for the luscious prize but in his eager spring he missed both apple and candle springing past the novel pendulum and landing with a loud whack on the feet of gouty old peter mcmullen the chemist and village doctor from clackmagreag who's agonized oh mother of moses (laughs) 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 caused a roar of laughter from everyone (laughs) (laughs) Mother of Moses (laughs) Young Jack Hennessy A cousin of the first youngster And as fiery haired a young Celt As ever reveled in mischief Tried next 
Carefully watching his opportunity as the cord swung back from right to left, he sprang like an arrow, but it was just a moment too soon, for he hit the candle with his face and, <laughs> and sent it spinning to the floor. His red locks were well singed, so it is a lit candle. It is a lit candle. <laughs> I was like, can't be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's not a pickup, so it's swinging. <laughs> this, this is good old-fashioned fun. <laughs> His red locks were well singed, so they're more fiery than ever before now. <laughs> And a goodly splotch of tallow lay on his perky nose. But he laughed as heartily as the others and seemed in no wise put out at his discomfiture. With varying adventures, the different children all had their chances, no one, however, to the general merriment proving successful, till at last young Hennessy's turn came round again. So Hennessy was the one who... Was he the first one? He's the I one that so. landed... And caused the mother of yeah, okay. Moses. Yeah. Okay. This time, his sharp white teeth grabbed the coveted prize, and he retired from the game, another equally tempting apple being put in the last one's place. Much amusement was caused by little Johnny Stevens, a pale-faced, apathetic-looking youngster. So this is the must be the emo of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When his turn came, he quietly slid under the swinging cord, waited for its backward motion from left to right, and then, meeting the apple full face, secured it with ease. He was like, psh. <laughs> he just like, let me show you how it's done. God, you guys, you guys are dumb. Just like this. I don't even want the apple, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> He's a cautious yin he is, chuckled O. McFarlane. Oh, chuckled old McFarlane, Lord Donides, Scotch bailiff, and it's weel seen he comes a good, he comes a good Scottish blood. Wow. I, I, I could barely make that out. And it's weel seen he comes a good Scottish blood. He war determined, he war determined that if he didna grab the apple, he would at any rate Max sicker or no being singed with a connel. Wow, that must be a really thick Scottish accent he's yeah. trying to mimic there. <laughs> Leaving the children still enjoying their favorite sport, we passed by the servant maids again. Their dumb cake ceremony was long over, and they were now busily engaged in finding out the state of life to which their respective future lovers belonged. Ooh. There's more to it. I like it. To gain this interesting information, it was necessary that molten lead, <laughs> molten lead, <laughs> molten lead, should be poured into cold spring water. Oh, I've heard this before. Like I think you divine by the shape that it makes as it cools. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to the fanciful shapes the lead took, as each small quantity was poured out, so each girl framed her fancy. Now something like a horse would cause the jubilant maiden to call out a dragoon, which is a, a kind of soldier, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't really know what kind. Some kind of some kind of musketeer or something. Now some dim resemblance to a helmet would suggest a handsome member of the mounted police, huh. or a round object with a spike would seem a ship, and this, of course, meant a sailor. Or a cow would suggest a cattle dealer, or a plow a farmer, and so forth. Anyhow, great amusement seemed to be got from the right. 
and in one or two cases, to judge from the, by the laughter and blushing denials, the guesses seem to be based on something more substantial than mere fancy. <laughs> <laughs> At last came the crowning delight of the evening, the Halloween jig. This was a reel in which everyone joined, and there was nothing short of ecstasy in the tumult of stamping feet, snapping fingers, happy laughter, mingling with the wild music of Larry O'Hara's pipes and the frantic screams, for they were nothing else, from the fiddle of the great musician, One-Eyed Murtak. Wait, wasn't Murtak the one from the story that was kind of like evil and devilish or something in there? No, no, that, that was, was the red, red, red Mike. Red Mike. I thought I remembered something from the little boy's rhymes, though. Well, yeah. here. We're, so the, the, the story's almost over. Let's go find out. Yeah. So, because Murtok, yeah, because I don't, didn't think, because the, 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 the Piper's name was Larry. Yeah. yeah. Not Murtok. Larry, wasn't it Larry Murtok? Uh, no, no, it was, it was Larry something. Larry O. Oh, oh, something. Larry O. something. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, here it is. See, because, so, um, okay, so the children, they had that rhyme, one, two, three, and up to seven. If all are white, all go to heaven. If one is black as Murtaugh's evil, he'll soon be screeching with the devil. Oh. Yeah. And I feel like that has to be, like, a chorus of children very creepily done yeah. on, like, some, yeah, like. All in unison, no emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no movement. They're just Children like out in a cornfield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. One, two, three, and up to seven. <laughs> <laughs> up to seven. <laughs> yeah. You don't count up to seven. You skip four, five, and six. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're almost done here, guys. Okay, so. So Murtok is the. Piper. Yes, I gotta read that. So I'm gonna read that again. The last that last paragraph, I'm gonna read it again. At last came the crowning delight of the evening, the Halloween jig. This was a reel in which everyone joined, and there was nothing short of ecstasy in the tumult of stamping feet, snapping fingers, happy laughter, mingling with the wild music of Larry O'Hara's pipes, Larry O'Hara, and the frantic screams, for they were nothing else. From the fiddle of the great musician One-Eyed Murtok. So I think maybe oh. it's like you almost feel like you can hear a, yeah. a, a second fiddler. The wind howling. Yeah, something like some haunting the evening. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Pretty cute. One-Eyed Murtok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Look up what, who, who or what was the One-Eyed Murtok. I know. Well, let's Google it real quick. Let's see if we can find that's anything. like an old Irish name for the devil or it has a ghost story linked to it or maybe nope nothing comes up in uh, unless it's there's a different spelling that it would be under nothing comes up by Google hmm. so if we have any Irish listeners or anybody who knows who, who one-eyed Murtaugh is Write us in. Let us know. Yeah. Meanwhile, anybody else? Maybe not the one-eyed Murtaugh. The story behind. <laughs> yeah. Do you know one-eyed Murtaugh? Please send a picture, a selfie of him. <laughs> I want to make sure he has just one eye. <laughs> if you yourself are one-eyed Murtaugh, yeah. let us know. Yes. Would the real one-eyed Murtaugh please stand up? <laughs> All right. A last paragraph here. And then we'll we'll quit for the for this year. Okay. 
and then we'll let one-eyed Murtak and uh, any of the sinful children haunt us for the rest of the year until next Halloween, when we can get to the Scottish um, version of this. Yeah. All right. So here we go. It was late that night before even the youngest went to bed, and certainly enough noise was made to scare away any evil spirits that might be hoping to gain some advantage on this night of all nights. The music came to an end at last, and the latest words that one-eyed Muratak sighed out to his friend O'Hara before both succumbed under their last glass of whiskey punch were, Larry, me boy, in heaven twill always be Halloween. In heaven twill always be Halloween. <laughs> yep, and there you have it. That is uh, Halloween in Scotland in 1886. 1886. Sorry, Halloween in Ireland. Ireland. In Ireland. 1886. Right? Ireland. I think the Irish be a little, a little angry. <laughs> I know, right? Scottish. Yeah. Well, Scotland will hopefully. Yes, the Scottish one will come next year. Yeah. 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 We'll have to have you guys back on. Totally. That'd be cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. What do you think? I mean, it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I I had no idea that there was even a s- actual story in there. I thought it was just going to be him describing things. It yeah. was like three or four different stories. Like yeah, there was the story of Red Mike. Yeah. And then the story of the three different traditions: the kneading, the apple. And those pendulum. are really cool. All of them were different from what we do now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because when you were thinking like the apple. I don't even remember what it was called. Apple something? Snap apple. Snap apple. apple. Yeah. You, you know, you think, well, it's bobbing for apples. Right, apples I know. Apples in a tub. Yeah. No, there's a candle involved. <laughs> yeah, you could well, burn yourself bobbing for apples. They mentioned the bobbing version. for apples as being he did mention little that. kids. Yeah. Like, this, this is the grown-up version <laughs> of bobbing for apples. Yeah. Like, bobbing yeah. for apples extreme. This is where you show your manhood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Show your manhood. You see this burn? This is from 1863. (laughs) 1886. Halibus Eve. Yes. Halibus Eve. It didn't mention any girls doing it, did it? The only girls mentioned were the ones who were kneading. The girls were busy kneading their dough. It was very gender specified. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not surprising for the times. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe it was like a rite of passage for the guys you know uh-huh. what i mean like yeah, maybe. you have to do this showing off their manhood you know yeah yeah but things were just a lot more dangerous back then you know you know in my parents generation and their parents generation it was like sure let those kids play with like a sharp knife and a yeah. you know or go ahead go go play in the street yeah we're gonna play baseball <laughs> in the street in the street well or yeah. the the lead and water like yeah. What was the chance for that to explode? Yeah. Like, Granted, that sound like it sounded like those um, girls were a little bit older. Well, true. Maybe because they were already maids, maids right? Yeah. But but maids, you could have started being a maid at like what thirteen ish back then, maybe. Old enough to. Yeah. Milk a cow, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Yeah. The other thing I always remark on every time that I go back to one of these articles from this period is they are so descriptive mm-hmm. in their writing back then because mm-hmm. there was no TV. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is this was their yeah. way to you entertain. Could, you could really imagine it. It's yeah. so like um, you use all the senses and everything mm-hmm. to describe well, everything and it's just, yeah. I mean, well, even the description of how to... F- how to get to this place? Uh-huh. I'm sure if you went to the first town they mentioned, I yeah. bet you could find it yeah. from this description. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm always surprised by the stuff that I pull up here. I don't know any of these authors. They're just no names, right? Ironically, I actually, I was going to read a, like a, something by, what was it, like uh, Emerson, I think, mm-hmm. one time, but it was too ungodly boring. <laughs> I don't know, like, and I just, oh, man, I thought that, though, this is the one, because, you know, Emerson's going to be a great writer. Yeah. But I guess I just, I grew up on TV, and I want my writing to be like TV. <laughs> yeah. Got a story. Well, and it definitely lends itself well to being read out loud. Yes. Because I'm sure that's what they do for entertainment. You Very well could be, out, yeah. Out loud, to, you know. Yeah, good point. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Yeah. Not a problem. Um, so let's close out the show. That's it for this episode, folks. So uh, I got this, by the way, from a website called unz.org that has just tons of these uh, copyright-free public domain works on there. And mm. that's where I usually get all of these from. So it's a really cool play- thing nice. to check out. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Listeners, if you liked this, uh, let us know. And do you have a dead idea that you would like us to explore? If so, we want to hear about it. So write us in at deadideaspod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Keep those reviews coming in, and we'll keep drawing your portraits. Uh, we just put up one for John Shaw as a 19th century Kentucky long hunter. So check that out on our website, and yours could be next. Our website, deadideas.net. And what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Oh, yes. I almost forgot. The next episode coming up, we'll start a new series. And it is also, in a way, Halloween-themed. I will say it relates to witches, but it is not about witches. It's an interesting twist on witches. Related to witches. Yes. And not only that, but Nick is taking lead on this one next time. So nice. Yeah, so Nick's stepping up, and it should be fun. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm BT Newberg, and this is Dead Ideas. Mm-hmm.